It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Today is Monday, November 5th, and you're listening to the Red Sox Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. My name is Jared Scally. I am alongside co-host, of course, Jess Thomas. Tonight we're talking about awards, awards, more awards, the Red Sox Parade, and of course, Craig Kimbrell made some news this week. So we'll talk about all that on this episode of Red Sox Beat. All right, Red Sox fans, welcome in. Of course, Red Sox beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your 2018 World Series champion, Boston Red Sox, on Twitter, at Red Sox CLNS. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast, as well as CLNS Media. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. We are officially, Jess, which I know you hate, into the offseason. The parade of champions around the city to so all the other teams are done. The awards are being announced. The Confetti's being picked up off Boylston Street, and now we talk about player contracts and what's going to happen and who's getting paid and who's not going to paid. And that being said, hello, Jess. How are you? <laughs> well, you know, I'm 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 happy that the off season was as late as it possibly could be. <laughs> so in that sense, it's okay because you know I have no choice. It's a lot better than it being the off season at the beginning of October. So I won't complain. I will complain, but I won't complain as much because we won the World Series. And it's already November, so it's okay. But I like. Are you gonna uh, Are you gonna do this 2008 2018 World Champions every show for the whole off season? Because I think you should. I was gonna say, is that <laughs> get you a little giddy? Because I can. It you, does. Yeah, I'm a little excited. I think the fans might like it too. Okay. So I, think you I, I don't mind keeping that in there. I like it. They, they are the 2018 World Series champs. Yes, they have a trophy that's probably a little broken to prove it, based off the parade. <laughs> um, for those of you who didn't get it, just hates the off season. For those of you who are new to the show this year. Um, first off season, welcome. It's the most awful time of the year because we all don't get baseball for a few months. But like Jess said, it's already November. And in three months, their pitchers and catches reporting to Fort Myers for the defense of this title. So hang in there. Enjoy the holiday season because I know we will. Um, let's talk about the parade because yes, it was fun. It always is. Um, I got a chance to step outside because my day job, the nine to five is right there on Boylston. So I got a chance to step outside. Um, a lot of us did, and it was fun. It's, it's always a fun atmosphere. I don't think people are getting sick of them. I think that was something that got up a lot. I was like, oh, we're having parade fatigue. If you're having parade fatigue, that is the ultimate spoiled Boston attitude you can have. Oh, I'm yeah. so sick of the championship parades. All oh, my team won again. Are you really going to pull that? Right. Good guys. Got- this was the best team in Red Sox history with the most wins in franchise history who only lost three games the entire postseason. You're going to have parade fatigue? This is probably one of the better ones in the last 10, 15 years. Well, yeah, my response to parade fatigue is 
for age, you gotta assume everyone's gonna be the last one you ever see. You know? Yep. They're, 100%. They, I, I mean, maybe they're gonna do this for the rest of our lives, but like, this is an unprecedented run of success the last 17 years. I was gonna and, say, like, what happens in the next 10 years if all of our teams start to suck? Right. What, what if we, we become gonna, Cleveland? Then, like, then we start talking about talking about how we don't want parades anymore, like, enjoy it while you have it. You exactly. Know? That that Come sign on. that's always going around, that 16-year-old that's been, like, 15 <laughs> parades. I know. And it's like, that kid That kid is spoiled. Um, but yes. that being said, one thing that came up this week, and, and got to make a little bit of controversy out of the parade, because why not, um, was the whole story, Jess, about why are we throwing beers at players, blah, blah, blah. If they're looking, and they want it, then yeah, but like I get it when people are people are like, oh, d- don't disrespect the players, don't throw the beers. I'm like half those players were literally asking for it, like they were reaching out and saying toss it my way. Now, Alex Cora got hit by one, definitely wasn't ready for it. Uh, Mookie Betts almost got hit in the face by one, definitely wasn't ready for it. The World Series trophy was broken by a Bud Light, definitely wasn't ready for it. But overall. <laughs> I, I think it's a fun part of like if, if the players are ready and they want they want to have some fun. It's a nice way to interact with fans. Now, Jess, I know you're not a big drinker, but that's not the point of this. So I don't want any people to think, oh, well, Jess is going to have a shaded argument. No, it's just a matter of I think people are trying to have fun, Jess. I think I think part of that is the environment, and if the players are open and willing and asking for them to toss, then go for it. Yeah, I don't think people are complaining about the players that were like asking for it, but. They were more definitely more focused on Cora getting hit while not looking and bets bets and his fan I think one of his family members got hit by beer too, so in like full beer cans, like heavier than empty ones. So I think that's what people are complaining about, and I do agree. I think that is that is stupid. You shouldn't be throwing stuff at players and potentially hurting them when they're trying to enjoy the day with their family. So I get I totally get that and I'm all all behind that. Uh, if they're ready for it, then yeah, then I got no problem with, with that. But the whole problem is you got drunk people in the crowd, you know, drinking makes you make stupid decisions. So then you're drinking, you make a stupid decision, and you throw a beer at someone who doesn't want one thrown at him, and then you hit him, and then you're an idiot. And then the you break the World Series trophy. Yeah, right? And the guy got arrested for hitting Cora. So it's like, just don't be an idiot. But people are idiots. So Do you think everyone else should have been arrested too? Because, like, someone hit Mookie Betts or came very close to hitting Mookie Betts. Um or do you think it was just someone happened to f- see who hit Cora and that's why he got arrested? I assume so. I think that anybody would if they got caught. You can't really you can't really pick one and not the other. Yeah, actually, we like Cora better, so uh, you you get arrested. About Mookie Betts. It's okay. Right. He was. We're not going to arrest you. We'll arrest him. Yeah. So it's yeah, and I don't know about the trophy. I think I saw somewhere somebody saw the trophy after that and said that it like wasn't broken. I don't know how so it like, wasn't because I saw two pieces snap off, but hey, unless it was one of the older ones and the new one wasn't, yeah. unless it was, I don't know that much of it because it was at the Bruins game tonight on uh, Monday right. as we record this. So, um, that, they already? They may, maybe, it? I mean, it's the major league baseball. I mean, they might as well be able to, but one thing that we're, was confusing too was that like half the roster was at the Celtics game and then they went to the Patriots game and a couple less, but they brought a duck boat in a Gillette stadium. Mm-hmm. And then the Bruins game had the ownership group and Joe Kelly. And that was it. No one else went. Just Joe Kelly went to drop the ceremonial first drop, first puck drop, and that was it. And no one else was there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's been over a week now, and I'm sure players are going on vacation, and the Bruins weren't home for the entire time that, that they were uh, touring everywhere at this point. So I'm not surprised that there weren't many left. But, I mean, what a week for Cora, having having the parade and then and then the uh, Celtics game and then 
uh, Puerto Rico and then the Patriots game. And I mean, it's like, what a week for him. And I didn't realize that they were going to be going to Puerto Rico so quickly and be back on Sunday for the Pats game. That was a pretty quick turnaround. And there were a lot of, you know, like five players and some of the coaches in Puerto Rico also. But that was so cool that they were able to go to Puerto Rico and do that. That video of Alex Cord dancing in Puerto Rico oh, was, was great. just like, yep, I love my manager. <laughs> He's great. But no, and like, and just, you know, I'm not the last one and I'm probably usually the first one in line to give flack when the ownership group does something but give them massive credit because you didn't have to say yes to Alex Cora like you don't have to bring people down there to Puerto Rico but he they understood right. how much that country and his home plus all the stuff they've dealt with means to him and to say yeah. you know what yeah we're gonna help you out we promised you when we hired you that we'd bring supplies down there that wasn't just to get you here we know you've played here we love you and we understand how important your homeland is to you we're going to go down there now and celebrate with you because you belong to you. You deserve to go down there and celebrate with us. Yeah, it's really cool because, you know, during the year we were always, we were always talking about on the show how much, you know, you know, fans love Cora and media love Cora. Media clearly liked him and the players were all about him. So it's like everybody liked him already. But then seeing them win this and seeing how people have reacted to it, it's like, you can tell just how much they love this guy, and it's like an overwhelming amount. Like they will, anybody will do anything for this guy, and he's just so popular already. And it's just like going to all these different stadiums, and everyone just goes nuts when he gets there. It's like I cannot believe how popular he's gotten in just one year. Like, yeah, it and is it's wild too because <laughs> you think about like you know we talked about this before the World Series ended how everyone he last couple World Series all the World Series titles they all won as the first year manager, right? Like Terry Francona, first year manager. John Farrell, first year manager. Now, Alex Cora, first year manager. But I, neither, none of those guys, I don't even think Terry Francona was loved this much after that first, like, I mean, obviously it was a big deal, but like, do you remember people touting around and just praising the, literally every inch of the ground that Terry Francona walked on? I don't remember that. I mean, we were younger, but like, I don't think it was right. like this. No, I think that he was super loved overall. And of course he had a bad, bad ending here, which, I don't blame him for. I think there was a lot of crap that went on, but I think overall through his eight years, he was extremely loved, but it certainly didn't happen this fast. It wasn't like in a year, like boom. Well, because when they won that World Series with Francona, it was a lot on the players, right? It was the idiots. It was Kevin Millar. It was Johnny Damon. It was Pedro. It was was the players. People give Cora just as much credit, if not all of the credit for this World Series than the players, which is crazy. Right. It's just, he's like, people give him so much credit and it's, I think, rightfully so. I, no doubt, they also had fantastic players. So, it, but yeah, this is just the way that he's that he's just gone right in here. And he was a player here too. He wasn't loved like this as a player. He was a very average player. And you know, people liked him and people thought he was going to be a good manager. But like, you never would have expected it to be something like this. He was just another average player, right? Yeah. No. He was. Yeah. He was. He was <laughs> like Brock Holt. Like he was right. a role player. He was that generation's Brock Holt. So like. Now, granted, if Brock Holt was the manager, I think a lot of people would love that too because of just of like how good he is. And I think it's, <laughs> I think a lot of times you hear in coaching in any level of any sport, it's the, the, the top athletes can not always coach as well because they had a way to do it and it's hard to force your way on somebody when it doesn't work for everybody, you know? So it's always those right. like middle of the guys, utility guys. Look how many catchers can manage, right? Because catchers usually aren't like the bona fide superstars of the league. They just, they know the game, they understand the game and they're not, great at everything but they understand how it works that's kind of how core is he wasn't a phenomenal baseball player but he's smart and knows he's a baseball guy and so that's kind of makes him a great manager no it totally does and you're right about the catcher for sure a lot of a lot of managers are catchers but yeah i mean it's just i wouldn't have predicted this to happen just because like based on him playing here because like 
he didn't seem like he was that popular to fans, at least. Maybe he was popular to players, but he wasn't that popular to fans because, like, you know, you didn't you didn't know that much about his personality, like off the field, like the guys you mentioned, Ortiz, Millar, and Manny being Manny and everything. Like oh. there wasn't there wasn't really any of that with him. No. But now all of a sudden he's like the greatest manager in the world. It's like something clearly changed from then to now. And you know, I didn't know what it was going to be like until he got here, and then now now I certainly see. So I think it's it's pretty cool that he's been here in two different capacities. But this one's clearly very different than that one was. Could you imagine Manny? Being a manager of a baseball <laughs> team, like God, um, I could see Ortiz doing it, but like, and even then, probably not. But Manny Ramirez, manager of the Boston Red Sox, just is no. Um, he lasts for like five days. He's he, like, I hate this. He's like, yeah. I'm done. I'm gonna go be Manny again. I'm out. Um, Enough conferences. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> because we're talking about Alex Cora, I think this is a good transition to the manager of the year conversation and the awards that are out there, and that's obviously what we want to talk about tonight for the most part. Because we're in the off season, Jess, and we know you love that. So. Um, we'll talk about the gold gloves in a minute because obviously those were announced. But since we're on Alex Cora, um, he wasn't invited as in, in announced as a finalist for manager of the year. Um, how does he not get it is really my question. Um, he has to. For the he amount, I, to. I understand who else is on the list, but how does Alex Cora not get this award? He has to. I mean, it's not even based off playoffs, so that doesn't even matter. But – I mean, 108 wins. <laughs> in his first year, he took the Ross and Red Sox to the most wins um, in the franchise history. Right. But the same team that John Farrell had for two years and couldn't get above 95 wins and get out of the playoffs in the first round. Same right. exact plus, team for the most. J.D. Martinez. Yeah. Yep. Like, how do you not and, – and I think a lot of people will take that into effect too because as much as it's based on this year, you have to go based off of this year compared to, well, what would have happened if he wasn't the manager? What if it was Jerry right. Farrell? Then what? Okay, well, look what happened in the last two years. And now you have Alex Cora coming in here and going, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to use the same team. So it's insane to me that he wouldn't get it. I mean, you're looking at – let's see. Where the, where's the list? I just Kev, in front of me. Kevin Cash, Bob Melvin. Melvin and one, how the hell was Boone, Boone got a vote? Okay. Um, <laughs> so – how did Alex Corn not get it is really the question for me. Yeah, I, I mean, Kevin Cash did a great job with the Rays. People didn't expect him to be good. They ended up being a really good team. Obviously, they weren't in the playoffs because there were a lot of really good teams in the AL. But, you know, he did a good job in a year of, like, you know, maybe average managers. And then Bob Melvin, yeah, the A's were much better than anybody expected, and they made the playoffs. They got in the wild card game. They're both good choices. But not when a guy takes the team to 108 wins in his first year as a manager. I mean, you can't. I don't, I don't know how you can look past that. I don't know how he doesn't win easily. Um, I think the one that would really make some uh, – if it wasn't Corey, it would be Bob Melvin. As much as the race had a good year, I think Kevin Cash won't get it. I think it would be Bob Melvin. But then also Bob Melvin, if, if he was manager of the year, he had a chance to outthrow the Astros. And I think if they did that, then maybe because the Astros are the Astros. So I think if that happened, then I think you have a better argument. But Alex Corey took a team that was destined to be a mediocre first-round exit playoff team like they have been. And got them to rally, play around him, win the most games in franchise history, and then obviously go to win a World Series, which isn't affected by that. But it just doesn't make sense if he doesn't get it. You can't win the most games in the franchise history of a team over 100 years and not win manager of the year. That doesn't make sense. No, it, it doesn't happen. make sense. It just doesn't make sense. If um, that happens, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like 
to the, whoever decides this crap. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's <laughs> go to each other's houses and tell them they're insane. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, all right, while we're staying on the races, Mookie Betts is a finalist for the MVP. No shocker, should win it. Um, the thing to me is JD Martinez isn't on this list. Like Jose Ramirez of the Indians and Mike Trout, shocker, is on the list. Um, how is JD Martinez not a finalist for this? Because all year, and this isn't just this isn't just local too, Jess. This was around the league. It was uh, well, you have two finalists in Boston, and then there'll be somebody else like Mike Trout as a third. Like this was a well-known thing around the league that JD and Mookie were head to head racing for the MVP, and now he's not even a finalist. I thought it was guaranteed that they would be one two. I don't know how he's not a finalist. I thought that was a shoot in. No, I, I thought it was. People either said JD or Mookie. Yeah, no question. And I understand. Mike Trout. Yeah, Come and on. I understand. And I understand like the argument of, oh well, he doesn't have a position. But I, then again, I don't because if you look at his splits for the year, it, I mean, he DH'd more, but he still played the outfield, guys. Like yeah, it wasn't he like played he, plenty. he wasn't David Ortiz, which is literally DH, and you can still win the MVP. Like I, I, tw- I, I swear it out on Twitter. I was like, what the hell? Why is he not an MVP? And someone right away said, well, he doesn't have a position. Yeah, he does. It's called designated hitter. And yeah. left field. He played the outfield, guys. He like, played I don't the outfield plenty. And all year, all baseball quote-unquote experts, us, Joe Schmoes here doing a podcast, you look at these guys and it's, okay, Mookie Betts is probably going to be one, J.D. Martinez is two, and all year, as they kept one-upping each other, we just said, okay, now which one would you give it to? Like, we just kept bouncing right. back and forth all summer. Now, why all of a sudden is he not here? 330, 43 homers, 130 RBI. How is that not a top three player in the what what in what world are we living in right now? <laughs> Mike Trout? Like Mike Trout? Mike I'm sorry, Trout, I think Mike get, Trout gets on this list every year by default. Hits seventy nine RBI. How was he? He didn't even hit hundred this year. Like, come on. He hit three twelve with thirty nine homers and seventy nine RBI. That, like, How was he in the top three? I mean, uh, like, what? Jose Ramirez had a better season than he did. Like, I think yeah, Jose Ramirez did. deserves to be on the list, but so does J D Martinez. And Jose Ramirez fell off towards the end of the year. His average went all the way down to 270. He had 39 homers and 105 RBI. That wasn't even close to JD's numbers yeah. in any in any of those. He has 25 less RBI, four less homers, and hit 60 points lower. What? What? I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I just don't get this at I, all. I can't, it doesn't make any sense. I can't wrap my head around looking at the list. When I saw that come out today, I was like, wait, hold on. Is that a typo? Are they, are they joking with us right now? I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense at all, um, and you're going to hear about it. And I, I mean, granted, if Mookie Betts wins, it's kind of a moot point because I think we all thought Mookie Betts was going to win. Anyway, he should win, and compared to Ramirez and Trout, if he doesn't win, then something's going on. Because huh. um, yeah, I think this list is set up for him to win, and maybe that was part of it. Maybe they just didn't want to put JD in there too. Um, <laughs> but then again, if they thought he was going to win, just give him all the votes. It doesn't matter. Like so Trout? Like what? It doesn't make sense at all, and I think this is just baseball. Who who even makes this list? First of all, is it the league? Is it coaches? I always forget. I want to know. Um, I have no clue because this this screams to me just yeah. We want to give Mike Trout because it's Mike Trout. It's like no, it's it's not Mike Trout this year. He had a terrible year in his standards, not not in general. Seventy nine RBI. Like that's not an MVP, even top three list type. Xander Bogarts had over hundred RBI. He. Torch Mike Trout. In our yeah, game. how is it, if Xander's not on this list, then why is Mike what? Trout on this list? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Chris Davis on Oakland had 48 homers, 123 RBI. Where's yeah. he? No, it, none of this makes sense. And the only thing that makes it. sense about this list is Mookie Betts. And I think the only thing that's going to happen off this list is that Mookie Betts is going to be the MVP um, of the American League, and I'd be surprised otherwise because 
look at the year he had. If he if if he isn't just oh my god. I mean, at least JD won the Hank Aaron Award for Best Offensive Player. Thank God, because he needed something for that season he had. But yeah. not even being the top three of MVP. Thought he was guaranteed to get to. Yeah, this is almost egregious as as Betts not being on the list. Yeah, no, that like this, be, it, it's the same idea. This would be as this is as bad as if Corey didn't win Manager of the Year. Like this is absurd. Yeah, uh, and, and it's it's terrible and, and it's I'm hard. It, it, it's it's definitely something to be pissed about. And um, this voting is terrible. You know what else is terrible? Just as us as men, we're terrible at taking care of our health. Whether it's a knee injury, back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable quote unquote rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. And just I I'm guilty of it myself. You're guilty of it. Um, I know there's a lot of time where, you know, even growing up or getting older, some sports injuries where you people, instead of, you know, going for the flow and trying to get help, you just say, I got it, rub some dirt on it, we'll be good to go. Guys, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-step shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door with Roman. There are no waiting rooms. Awkward face-to-face conversations or comfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can't, you can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit getroman.com slash socks. Fill out a brief medical onboarding chat with a doctor and get FDA approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really easy. So take care of it for a free online visit. Get to roman.com slash socks, S-O-X. That's GetRoman.com slash socks for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash socks. All right, Jess. So before we get out of here, um, gold gloves happened. We know who won the gold gloves awards. Um, Mookie Betts, JD, uh, I almost said JD Martinez. Damn you for not voting him on the MVP list. Um, JBJ and Ian Kinsler, of all people, uh, won gold gloves this year. Um, did Ian Kinsler have that good of a defensive year? Like, that, that he should have won a gold glove? I don't know what his stats were for the rest of the year, but I mean, I know that when he came here, he made two fantastic plays within like two innings of each other at second base. I think, I mean, one, one for him, it's not a playoff award, so they don't care about his error the 13th inning of game three of the World Series. Two, he's been a good fielder his entire career. So it doesn't surprise me. I, I I guess I was a little surprised that nobody was better, but he is a good fielder, regardless of making that error. So I'm I'm fine with that. I think it makes sense. Okay. In terms of that. Mookie and JBJ not really surprising. Um Mitch Moreland well, doesn't JBJ making it surprising that he hasn't gotten one yet. I know. No, the, the fact this was his first one was kind of crazy. But again, I think you have to be on the field consistently to do that, and he's been so on and off the field because of his bat the last couple years. But this year Alex Cora Hey, hey, um, said, screw that. You're playing our outfield. We need you out there defensively, and look what happens. He wins a gold glove, John Farrell. Hey. Um, okay, so Mookie and JBJ, we knew that was going to happen. Ben Intendi and Mitch Moreland were also up for them, did not get them. Are you surprised I'm not, really? Um, I think JBJ and Mookie were the shoe-ins, but Andrew Benintendi in left field loses out, and so does Mitch Moreland at first base. Yeah, uh, I was a little surprised. Um, I thought Moreland was going to get it, but I guess the reason he didn't probably most likely is because he didn't play enough to warrant that. Cause that's why, you know, people were saying JBJ won it because Kevin Kiermaier was hurt and Byron Buxton was hurt and they're the guys who keep getting them over him and Kevin Pillar was hurt. He's the other one. So I think that that maybe went against Moreland because he didn't play every day. You know, he did a little platoon with Hanley at first and then with, with uh, Steve Pierce for the rest of the year. So 
I kind of expected him to get it, but I think it makes sense that he didn't in terms of that. Benintendi, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's the worst. I do air quotes. He's the worst of the three that the Sox have. I mean, you already have three of the nine, so I guess that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Alex Gordon won it instead. Uh, he's always been a good fielder too. Would have been surprised if Benintendi got it, but I'm not surprised that he didn't either. And I'm glad that Betts and Benny did because they're obviously the cornerstones. And oh, and, the best well, and they, they were the literally, I, you, they were the best center fielder and right fielder in the league all year. Like, there's just no question about that. Right. Um, and Betts has won it three years in a row now. Yeah, he's so. going to get a goal glove almost every year he plays in the outfield now. He's that good of a defender. And I think Jackie Bradley has the right to get a goal glove almost every year he plays now if he's consistently out there because of how good he is in defensively. I, th- I mean, I think Jackie Bradley's a better outfielder than Mookie Betts. Um, oh, he is. So I, at this point, I think now that he's consistently in the lineup, he should have three gold gloves too. You know, like they should be on hand in hand. So, um, I think that's partially the playing time last couple of years for JBJ. But Alex Gordon didn't realize for one, it's his sixth gold glove. Um, yeah, he's a good fielder. Also, I'm kind of thinking that they maybe they didn't give it to Ben Attendee because they didn't want to give it to the entire Red Sox outfield. <laughs> that's what I said. Like he's the he's the worst of the three. So because I think you're I think you're right. I think it's realistic where you can make an argument that like Alex Gordon with the gold gloves like Mike Trout with MVP where you could always put him on the list and it kind of makes sense. Like this year, obviously not. We just talked about how much of an idiotic thing it was. But like Alex Gordon winning a gold glove almost every year like wouldn't be – isn't a big deal to a lot of people. And I think for uh, – as the the way that I think these guys looked at it when they voted is Ian Kinsler is going to get Red Sox name. JBJ, Mookie Betts are definitely getting it. Mookie Betts is getting the MVP most likely. We should probably not give a gold glove to Andrew Benintendi too. Even though this team probably, I think he deserved it. I think he played well enough to get a gold glove, but when Alex Corden's the alternative, I, I think it's hard for them to give it to the entire Red Sox outfield. Yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. No, but absolutely not. It, it probably is, just for that reason. Yeah, it's, you know, you have to give it to Betts, you have to get it to, to, uh, to Bradley, especially because he never gotten one. So it's so impressive though that Betts gets, has three gold gloves in the outfield after starting his career as a second baseman. How many like, would he crazy. have as a second baseman? That's because crazy, like he was yeah. a really good second baseman defensively too. Right. Exactly. That's crazy. I I'm I think that's equally impressive than anything else happening, just that he could do that. He's just such a good athlete that that's 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 what he did. I'm looking at some some numbers here too, some stats. Um Kinsler was tied with Rudetto Dor for most defensive runs saved at, at uh of second of second baseman in the AL with ten. So so if you look at that then that's fair, and he beat out Odor and Lowry, so it's mm-hmm. a second Gold Glove. So that I think that makes sense. And then, like you said, Gordon beat out um, Benintendi, and he's obviously been a good fielder for a while. So, and then Matt Olson won at first base, and he led first baseman in defensive run save. So they clearly look at that quite a bit for for um, Gold Gloves. So I think it all makes sense. Those those make a lot more sense than. J.D. Martinez not being on the MVP ballot, or if or if Alex Cora doesn't win Manager of the Year, so Whew. I'm cool with those, and I'm happy they got three because that's three out of nine. That's pretty. That's a pretty good percentage. <laughs> Alex Cora does not win the Manager of the Year. I don't know. I just I just lose all hope in humanity if Alex. And just like if Mookie Betts doesn't win MVP, I might yep. cancel the show if Mookie Betts doesn't win MVP. Uh, sorry, Nick Gelso, but the show might get canceled <laughs> if Mookie <laughs> Betts doesn't win MVP. Okay, one bit of Red Sox news just before we get out of here for the week. It's not that's a little off season related. Sorry, Jess, it has to be brought up. Oh, the Red Sox extended their qualifying offer to Craig Kimbrell, seven point seventeen point nine mil, like everybody else's. I look at this as a we're gonna give it to you. 
We know you're not going to take it. We just want to get the draft pick back when you leave. What is your take on them actually giving them the qualifying offer? I think they had to do it because it'd be dumb for them not to because, worst case, they get a pick now if he leaves. But do you think he takes it is the big question. No, probably not. He'll, he'll definitely – he should get more. Uh, I don't know who what team will give him that. It's hard to know with him because he was still great for most of the year and then obviously struggled at the end. He's been the best – one of the best closers in the league for the last six years or so. So he's definitely one of the best. I'd love to have him back because I know he's good, but I think him struggling at the end of the year might come back to, to cost him. So if he comes back, I'd be happy with that, but I don't think he's going to take that offer. No, I, I think if he comes back, it's going to be on high money. Uh, people are talking about 20, even 30 million a year, depending on who pays him and what team he goes to, because he can make more money probably on a bad team. But um, there'll be some contenders out there that would pay for his services, maybe the Braves. Want him back? Maybe you know because <laughs> they're contending again. You know, there's options for him out there to make money and still be on a contender. Um, and I think he winning this year for him also takes that off his back. Of, hey, you know what? I have my ring. The only thing I yep. think would really keep him here is the hospitals because of what they did for his daughter. Um, that's that's a great point. And so I, I think that's a big part of it because if something happens again or if he's not, I don't, I don't know the situation. I don't think any of us have really been updated on it. But like, he flew up back up to Boston during spring training. Like he was at the hospitals here. And we all have heard so much praise, and we know that because we grew up here, but, like, the hospitals around here are great. So does that play a factor? Does he say, I don't want to take this qualifying offer, but, like, let's meet in the middle. I want to stay. Then, yeah, if you're the Red Sox, you work something out and you do it. Um, because I, I think ideally you'd like him to stay because if you're trying to defend your title, who's going to close? Like, if he doesn't come back, just what's your options? You don't really have one right now. You have to figure that right. out. Right. He's still one of the best closers in the league no matter what he did at the end of the year. And he's still only 30, so he's still got – Several, probably several good, at least, you know, three good years left in him, I'd say at least. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really left for him in terms of stats. He's seven time All Star. Mm-hmm. He's now a World Series champion. He was Rookie of the Year in the NL in 2011, two time reliever of the year, four time saves leader. I mean, he's got all the stats. He's a great closer. He's yeah. had an awesome career. His career ERA is 1.85. He's got 332 saves. So, really, stats and awards. He's pretty much done everything, and now he's got his championship. So, so yeah, maybe that is a, a case for him to stay here with, like, judging on the hospitals, like, making a lifestyle move rather than a, you know, a, a baseball move. So, especially we'll when you're still going to get paid a lot of money. Um, right, exactly. And I, I honestly, as much as I don't think they'd make this decision, I, I'd rather them pay him over Joe Kelly because he thinks, you know what I mean? Like, but that being said, I think you'd rather pay Nathan Avaldi. Steve Pierce and Joe Kelly than just pay Craig Kimbrell. Right. So there's options there. You have to figure out what you'd rather do. Now, I think Nathan Avaldi's priority number one, just because of the power arm that he is, that you don't really have that righty power arm to put in the rotation if he does leave. Um, and, and then after that, I think it's either Joe Kelly or Craig Kimbrell you got to decide because then you got to figure out Steve Pierce because he needs to stay um, because that platoon worked. And I don't see why you don't pay him because he's not going to be that expensive. So, those dudes will come down as after these awards get knocked out, we get closer to, you know, more offseason winter meetings, things like that. But overall, not surprised Kimball gets this qualifying offer. Won't be surprised when he turns it down. And I won't even be surprised if he just doesn't come back to the Red Sox. But um, there's a case for him either way, whether he stays or not. So I think that's going to be the one of the bigger, obviously, storylines besides, you know, what, what they do with Evaldi and Kelly and those guys, the mega offseason will be next year when sales up and Mookie Betts needs to get paid and Xander Bogarts needs to get paid and Jackie Bradley Jr. needs to get paid. So there's there's decisions to be made with this team despite the talent they have just for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. That's, it'll be interesting to see who comes back. It's always, you know, you win a World Series and as it happened in 04 and happened in 13, guys leave pretty quickly and the team changes quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see how much of this team they can keep around and try to, try to uh, go back to back, which is so hard to do in baseball. So I will be interested to see what the moves they do. But as I've said a lot, you win a World Series. That gets everybody off your back for at least at least a couple of years, even in Boston, because you know it's hard to win a couple yep. times in a row. So this is they did what they needed to do. I think they it's have all, a year now to figure it out, but I also think they need to also utilize this Chris Sale window because yeah. after next year you don't know what's happening. Like, are you going to pay Chris Sale? Or are you just going to write out David Price for the next four years and not have Chris Sale come back? Like. The Chris Dale's the big one to me because this year he's he's going to play for cheap in 2019, and then once 2020 hits, you got to have a plan because Chris Dale, Mookie Betts, and Xander are all going to have to get paid the same year, right? If I have that in my head, I believe so. Yeah. So that's tough. I think JBJ is a year after that, if not the same year. So, so realistically, this is next year is probably the best time to the like the, the your best chance to win again. And your next year is your best chance to load up and just do it again. Which would be crazy. And then after that, if you have to lose Chris Sale, whatever, you figure it out. You still have Mookie Betts. You pay because I don't. At this point, you pay Mookie Betts. You pay Xander Bogarts. You pay Jackie Bradley. You pay those young core guys. You're gonna have to pay Devers because that's the core of the team moving forward. You can bring in a veteran. You can bring in a veteran starter down the road to be your ace for a couple years, like you did with Chris Sale. If you don't want to pay Chris Sale past his contract, that's fine. But you need the young core, like like Houston has with Bregman and Altuve and those guys. You need that here, and that's what Mookie Betts, Sander Bogarts, Devers, Jackie Bradley, Benatendi, that's what those guys are. Those guys need to get paid. Yeah, because like you said, those guys that can be like Sale, those guys are more important than him because they're okay. younger, yep. and they are, I mean, Sale's only 29, he's not that old, but, you know, injuries, and, you know, he's throwing a lot of innings, and he throws hard, so those guys don't last forever, so, yeah, next year could be a big year, I mean. I guess if any team can go back to back, it's a team that won 108 games. <laughs> Seriously, uh, <laughs> right? So, they they would be the team to do it, and you know, there's a lot of talent there. We'll leave it there for the week. Uh, hopefully, 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 Mookie Betts wins the MVP. Um, we despite... should know. Uh, oh, actually, no, we're not going to know by next show. It comes out on the 15th. Yeah, no, we won't know until th- that'll be just before our next two weeks from now. It won't be next week, so we'll see. Wait. We'll see. We'll wait the news like the rest of you. So don't forget, obviously, on Twitter, Red Sox CLNS. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, of course, follow the network coverage that, at, at the at Red Sox yeah, CLNS Twitter handle. All the breaking news that's coming out, we'll still be tweeting there despite the offseason among us here. Uh, we obviously want to thank you and vo- vocally send our thank you for the entire network for hopping on with us for the coverage for your 2018 World Series champion Boston Red Sox. Um, and hopefully we're leading into the offseason of the winter meetings and talking about some exciting stuff that just hates to talk about until we get to pitchers and catchers a few months from now. And um, we'll write back at it in February when we're all talking about snow and Fort Myers becomes a thing again in, in a few short months. So we'll leave it there. That's just Thomas. I am Jared Scally. We'll be back next week. Red Sox beat here on CLNS Media.